gatherings we were just discussing how we're all in our pajamas here and uh, how that's only fair because (laughs) you're sitting in your pajamas at best right (laughs) at best best you're in your pajamas and uh we wanted to fit in but i I found something disgusting just now is that isaac bartholomew does not wear socks with his slippers Not socks 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 with your slippers. We do. Do you wear socks with your flip-flops? No, really, though, wait. What about your sandals? I'm in big trouble because these are Mike's socks. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine putting bare feet inside, how nasty those slippers are inside? I don't know. I can tell you what. We sent out Hope is Here stickers this week to uh, folks that are in our database. Hopefully you got yours. Uh, I can tell you Hope is not inside of Isaac Bartholomew's slippers right now. (laughs) But we're going to put put this right in there. (laughs) We're going to put our Hope is Here sticker in our uh, family room. If you'll notice here, we are uh, in our family gathering live family cast. That's what you're watching, Woo! our live family cast. It's live. It's going to be live as long as we can possibly do it, given circumstances. So we're broadcasting live. And uh, it, this is not a mistake. Look at the technology here. Framily. This is family. So hopefully you're gathered with some uh, family, maybe one or two friends if they live with you. Uh, but we were keeping it under 10 to follow CDC guidelines, and hopefully you're staying safe. But this is exciting. It's our first family cast. As you can tell, uh, we're just keeping it real here. We're enjoying it, being together. We're glad you're tuning in. Uh, follow along if you're on Facebook Live. Uh, I believe, Jess, you're going to be following yeah. along on Facebook Live. Say hi to yeah. us. We're going to be going back and forth. Or if you're on our live online campus, yeah. Isaac's in there. We have hosts in both of those spaces. For those of you that Thursday night is your night. Listen. And we have got an awesome family cast really planned for tonight. We're going to jump in and talk about, oh, there I was. We're going to talk about uh, the scattered church, which is such a great uh, topic for this season that we're in. We got some great music that the band has prepared for us, some songs you're going to want to sing along with, some songs that I think are going to be an encouragement for you. But uh, hey, as we get started right there in your living room, your kitchen, you're making dinner, you're watching, whatever you're doing, uh, let's just pause for a moment. 
and pray together. Lord, thank you for the technology we have to be with one another all across Northern Colorado this evening and maybe even around the country. We thank you that you are present. We pray for our most vulnerable in our communities right now. We pray for your safety. We pray for wisdom for our leaders. We pray that you'd be with us in the next few moments that we're together. Encourage us, give us wisdom, shape us, challenge us. May we be a little bit more like you when we log off here in a few minutes. So thank you for it. Amen. Hey, enjoy this song that Josh and the team wrote. Check it out.
Welcome to the week. Wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you are watching this, thanks for connecting and keeping up to date with all things happening through our Crossroads network of family gatherings. Remember, right now, Crossroads has our highest impact as a network of peacemaking groups called Family Gatherings. These small groups of family and friends are hope-filled spaces where we are equipped and encouraged to bring hope to our neighborhoods, workspaces, and homes. A special welcome to those watching the live family cast, a special broadcast that reminds us we are doing this great work of hope together. We are not alone. The live cast happens each Thursday at 6.30 p.m., then on Sunday at 9 and 10.30 a.m. The Framley cast is available on demand starting Sundays at 6 p.m. So grab your Framley and tune in at some point each week. Don't forget two things we all do each week to stay connected and keep our work on track. First, fill out that digital connect card. And secondly, give generously each week. You can find links for ways to give and fill out the digital connect card along with talk notes at crossroadscolorado.com forward slash resources or in the comments section. The connect card continues to be a way to send prayer requests and to sign up for critical volunteer opportunities as well as get information if you are newer to the network. Our generous giving keeps our ministries that bring hope to Northern Colorado fully resourced and moving forward. We may not be gathering in a large group right now, but lots of things are happening to resource you to be orange dots of hope. I love it. <clears throat> Orange dots of hope. So thanks for again joining in. If you're just tuning in, welcome to the Family Cast Live Thursday night edition. Uh, we had some folks saying hi to us. Yes, from Thursday night, Shelly, Vicki. Nice. Yes. Good to welcome. see you all. Good to see you all. Glad you're here. Hey, yes. listen, uh, Shelly, Vicki, take a picture of your family and uh, email it to family at crossroadscolorado.com. And uh, if you want to, you can do a little even video of you saying welcome to Crossroads from your living room. You could do a video saying hope is here or a video of we are family. And we're <laughs> going to take those and use them. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So a couple of quick announcements of good Where stuff that's happening. Card? Where is your connect card. Oh, go to crossroadscolorado.com slash connect card and uh, it'll be right there. And we'll have that up on the screen a little bit later. So thank you very much. Mm -hmm. But I bet one of our hosts will drop that URL in for you. So uh, listen, a couple of big stuff. I mean, we're excited about this season. I, I just noticed your hope is here. Yeah. I right, put it right there. Right there. <laughs> front right, and center. Right so you there, can all front see it. and center, so we can see hope is here. <laughs> so uh, listen, we are excited about this season that and the opportunities that God has for us as a church to live into uh, really being this network out there in our community. And uh, as such, we're launching a brand new series. So we've made a switch. Tonight, we finish up our conversation around Live Curiously. Next week, we're starting a brand new conversation uh, in our living room called The Family Practice. The Family Ooh. Practice. And it's subtitled Surviving the Ones You're Stuck With. Anybody in the room stuck with anybody? I'm stuck here with you. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, this is true. You're stuck with people maybe you work with. You're stuck with your pets. You're stuck with your kids. You're stuck with your spouse. And listen, no matter how much we love people, Sometimes people can be too much. You know, they just can be. We love our kids and we're like, 
back, back in school. The funny thing, there's a funny thing going around right now where people are posting what their, something their kids have done, but you put coworkers in instead, and they're <laughs> hilarious. Something your kids just did, but got it so like instead of like my kids just threw kool-aid at me it's my co-workers just threw <laughs> my co-workers just yeah. threw i love it i also i also <laughs> heard this little thing about with all of us working at home uh right now and being in that phrase that we should like my wife and i working at home again in the same space we should come up with a fake co-worker to blame things on oh yeah yeah you know like cheryl keeps leaving <laughs> uh dirty glasses all the over the workspace <laughs> you know things like that so i love it if you need oh, if you need good. to blame somebody come up with a fake co-worker you know that's right hey your sister's tuning in oh nice what's up melissa, melissa all Ryan's the way from sister May. niece and nephew tuning in from oh May. very right. cool that's awesome hi melissa nice to meet you <laughs> hey so we got the family <laughs> practice launching next week, which I'm really looking forward to. It's going to be super practical. Uh, we're going to be dealing with postures that we can take on a regular basis to really make the most of the time we have. So we're going to talk about positives and negatives, right? The do's and the don'ts each week, one thing, and we're going to have a conversation about it, right? So it's going to be good time. And then listen, starting on Monday, we're going to do a daily drop of hope. We're going to drop some hope on everybody every day. Um, we're going to do it twice a day. So we're going to bookend our days that are so abnormal and can be so uh, frustrating. But so we're going to drop some hope at 10 a.m. I'm going to be going live every day, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. for just 10, 15 minutes if I can. You know, we'll find out. <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk about hope. And then that evening, Katie is going to drop us some hope. Uh, she's going to send out a, kind of a, an evening drop of hope like meditation to be thinking through. And this is just all part of our soul care mm -hmm. during this unique season, all right? So that's gonna be happening mm -hmm. starting Monday at 10 a.m. So you can watch that for now, Facebook Live. <laughs> so if you're not connected to the Facebook page, I would do that because that's where we're gonna put those at. And we're working on another platform as well to, that I look over at Isaac because he's working on that. And we'll be pushing that out for everybody. Um, we want you to know that our peacemaking partnerships are, are still strong. We're in good communication with those over at Edmondson and other partnerships that we have saying, what do you need? How can our church be a part of this? How can we continue to support you? Some of you have come in and you've brought checks. Uh, you have said, hey, we want to help when it's needed. And so we're excited. We're, we're getting good information about what they're doing to make sure those kiddos are getting lunches and breakfasts. And so as the needs continue to come in, we'll let you know um, what's happening on that. All right. Yeah. So listen, before we jump into our topic tonight, Live Curiously, I've got to confess, I lied earlier in the family cast. Josh did not write that song. <laughs> he did not write <laughs> I Lean think On they Me. Know. He did. Okay, just in case you were confused, Josh didn't write that. He he did a good cover of it, though. He, they did a good job. But we've got a song for you that the team came in and got ready for us this week that is really um, fitting for the season we're in. You know, there's a lot of waiting Right, I mean, there's just a lot of waiting. What's next? We don't know. We're so used to being able to calendar out. We're so used to being able to predict. Here's what I'm going to do tomorrow, and we just don't know. And this song reminds us that it's in the waiting that God works. Yes. It's in the waiting, and we see that over and over again in some of the wonderful characters that we have in Scripture: Moses and Joseph and Esther. Like so mm. many in their waiting, Jesus, the waiting, the 40 days in the woods. It's in the waiting that God works and transforms us 
reveals to us, shifts us. Uh, And so check out this song, sing along in your living room, close your eyes, let the words kind of wash over you. And uh, we'll be back to get our conversation going in just a few minutes.
That's a great song. What a good reminder. So good. So good. And just uh, all the work that that team put into those songs is great. We got one more coming up later, but uh, we want to get into our conversation, which I fully recognize I'm going to monopolize most of. Can I ask a question first? Yes. That a few people are asking, where do they send their pictures to? Oh, it was Framley Cat. Was it Framley? Do you have it? At, yeah, hold on. Let me pull it back up. Technology lets me do that. Framley at CrossroadsColorado.com. Framley at CrossroadsColorado.com. Good question. I'm yeah, adding it. Great. And we've got some folks who are joining in from Estes Park, 12 inches of snow. Mm-hmm. Some other place south of Denver. Sedalia. Sedalia. I don't know. It's fictitious to me. I don't know. Sedalia. It's almost as fictitious as one of them. They got 13 inches of snow. is what Sharon says. Hi, Sharon. Yeah, some folks from Arizona jumping in. So it's great to have you. And so we're in this series called Live Curiously. And we're asking this question about how do we make sure that we don't live in this worldview that hope is only in the building of a church. And so we launched this series like three or four weeks ago. And like what is happening, this pandemic has really pushed us to live into this. I've had people like say to me, Ryan, you're like getting your dream, like church without a Sunday morning. Cause I do, I just believe that the power of the church is not just in our gathered experience on Sunday, but it's when we actually live into it everyday normal lives. And so we're gathering differently than in one space and learning a lot of stuff. But our anchor verse, we started this, uh, is from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Uh, it says, you are a chosen people of royal, pri- of royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. We talked about chosenness that first week, really, in the second week. And uh, we, we said chosenness isn't about value. It's about purpose, right? That God chooses a group of people uh, for a specific purpose. We actually jumped into that in week two. And week one's main point was that God's people become curious when they proclaim the goodness of God in a language that people understand. And we've said that language is the language of hope. When we speak the goodness of God by bringing people hope, we become curious and not confusing. You've been in a confusing church service before. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. None that I've been a part of, right? No, 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 no. no. Yeah. No, so, <laughs> and then week two, we said, God gathers us for the sake of other. We need to have a clearly defined reason why we're gathered right now. We're gathered in our homes. We're gathered all across America actually. Uh, and it's so that we would benefit other people. And we talked that week again, that the plan of God always required a people of God. And that people of God was chosen for a purpose, not because they were more loved or special or anything like that. All right. So we're going to jump in. I got a question that we can chat about for a second. And if you're watching, tuning in, 
give us your thoughts and we'll jump back to those if we can. Um, but here's the question. You know, we oftentimes think of the church as a building. It's a part of just our model in the West. We think I've got to go to church. We ask people, we ask one, what church do you go to? Um, We see a church close. We see like doors close. We go, oh, the church closed. So we, we, we have this tendency to wrap identity of a church with a building. What are the risks of doing that? Like, what do you think are the dangers in being dependent on a building? Well, I think uh, for me, I, I look at when you have a physical space, especially one like ours, there's there's a lot of cost involved with that. And so when you have uh, that, that kind of cost center, whether it's mortgage or utilities, it's there's a lot to take on when you have a building this way. And, and, and sometimes the risk is, do you know, do you have to pay your bills or can you give a little bit more to a specific ministry mm. or a group of people you're trying to help? Uh, and, and that's, to me, can be a risk of having your church wrapped up in a yeah. space, in a building, not, as in a, not in a people. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's risks in it becoming about the building and not about what the people mm. are doing and what mm. they can do. Mm-hmm. But it might be about power, prestige, having yeah. this facility in town. Or um, opposite of that, there could be great work being done, but maybe the building doesn't stand out as much. And so yeah. the risk of feeling your identity wrapped up in it, I think is dangerous. Yeah. I, I was thinking that it's a great resource, right? Buildings are wonderful. Yeah. I'm, I'm grateful that God brought me to a, a, a church that has a resource like this because there's so much good that can be mm. done. But I think one of the risks is we identify with it and then everything becomes dependent on it. So that when you have something like this take place, if we're not prepared for it, it's like, well, how do we actually effectively equip the body of Christ if we don't have the building? Or, you know, God forbid, we've watched natural disasters in our nation come through, floods and fires and tornadoes and hurricanes that destroy a building. And then the question is asked, well, where's that? God, what's the church going to do? How are we going to survive? You know, we're in a situation, churches all over America, including ours, are asking the question like, okay, financially, what does this mean if we don't gather because we become so dependent for percentages of ministry resources to come in during that weekly offering? And, and we just, you think, oh, it's never going to happen, right? And so it's really easy to think, oh, well, you know, church is just on pause and then we stop doing ministry, and, and most of our ministry then kind of says, well, you got to come here, mm. right? And here's a second uh, question that is kind of related, but it's hidden a little bit is, and it's around this idea of mature and immature religion, mm. right? Immature religion. If we think of, I don't like to say good and bad religion, although I'm sure that there's, <laughs> that's just kind of a dualistic way of thinking, but we all start off in some ways with immature faith and mature faith. I think of religion in terms of the structures and systems that are there for people to help bring them um, hope to help them understand God's plan for their life. Sometimes religion is more about controlling people, but what are some of the signs of immature religion? What are some of the <laughs> signs of mature religion, right? Is immature religion. Is immature, what's going, off going off on over there? We have like, <laughs> the feed. As we watch the feed, sometimes <laughs> yeah. it kicks in, it right? Kicks so in, yes. what are the signs of immature religion? Um, and there's all kinds of them, but one of the ways that I was thinking about this, see if this makes sense to you all, is immature religion will always require us to, right? So, and mm-hmm. that's, there's a place where that starts and I think that can be okay, but it, if mm-hmm. it stays there, it's a problem. So 
immature religion requires us to go to the building, requires us to, if we're going to give, we have to give this way. If we're going to sing, we have to sing here. If we're going to um, care for one another, we do it this way. Like, if there's a requirement to immature religion. But mature religion is about this concept of being released for something, that mm-hmm. mature religion releases us. Hey, and a comment that relates to both. This and your previous question is a danger with our identity in the church or requiring us to do something instead of for is when you leave, when you leave, you leave, when you leave church, it's over there mm. at 5420 Taft. Right. And yeah. now you've left church. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That, that. Instead of releasing yeah. you. So immature religion says come yeah. to the church and experience God there and that's great and keep it moving forward. Yeah. But And you just kind of then really separate and live this kind of kind of split personality life, almost compartmentalized life, yeah. right? And so what we want to talk about today is why the scattered church is so important because the scattered church <clears throat> lives into this concept, right? The scattered church lives into this idea of mm. being released into something. And so here's a couple things about the scattered. So we've been talking about the gathered church and today we really want to focus in on the scattered church, why we leave, right? So here's the question. Yeah, yeah, I got a question okay. and another comment. Yeah, no, here's another great one, Regan. Um, she says, there's a season in my life when I would go and sit alone in a beautiful Catholic church in Chicago to write in my journal. And when I moved, I stopped having that time because I missed the building Mm. and not aware of the connection God was making with me through the writing and praying, no matter where I was. Oh, that is good. That's good. That's a great danger that we associate God's presence with a, a physical space when we know that that's not the way it is. But again, it also speaks to the good things of a building. Like a building can help us focus. A building can quiet our hearts. There can be a sacredness to it, right? Um, Because what we bring to it, Mm -hmm. really. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. so good, right? And so as we think about how to not fall into that trap, I want to just kind of talk for a few minutes about this idea of the gathered church. Look at a few verses in scripture that will help us understand some principles about why and how and what. So the first thing is this, God's people, I believe are always sent people. That when we look at the pages of scripture, when we look at the history, that we are at our best when we function as sent people. When we recognize that if we are gathered, it's for the purpose of equipping us to be sent, right? And so probably uh, a really interesting statement around this that Jesus brings up is in Matthew five, Jesus uses a couple of images. He says, you're the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You're the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, right? They put it on a stand. And, and they want, and we do it so that everybody can see, right? We do it so that everyone can see us. And that's this idea of being sent, right? Just being put out there to be able to be seen. And we don't hide it away. And I love how it finishes. It says, it gives light. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Like that kind of ties into what it's about. Good Mm -hmm. deeds, right? Let Mm -hmm. people see it. You got to get out there and be seen. Mm -hmm. Paul uses such a great word uh, in 2 Corinthians in his letter that he wrote to a church that he founded. I love this. He says in 2 Corinthians 5.20, we are Christ's ambassadors. 
I love that word, ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. This speaking for this, this idea of ambassador, you know, we, we don't think oftentimes about that word, but it's such a good word. I, it reminded me of an episode of a show Wendy and I watched late in the game, right? There's that show that was on a while ago about, uh, it was called The West Wing. Yep. So we were watching that like in 2016. I think it like I came on in like 99. It's a I great still show. Watched it. It's like one of the best political shows ever, Jess. Mm-hmm. I don't know where you've been. You need to watch I, this. I watch stuff late. <laughs> well, it's great. <laughs> you can binge it. You yeah. can just binge it, which is what we did. And I'll never forget there's this one episode where the president is kind of swearing in an ambassador. And he was talking about how he brings ambassadors in and he holds a globe up and he says, show me the country that you represent. And they would always show, they would always point to the country that they were being sent to. And he would always have to remind them, turn the globe around and remind them, you represent the United States of America. And the reality is God's people represent God's kingdom wherever we go. And that's such a, a, like being commissioned into that, to that space. And that's just what we all are if we are a part of this tribe, if we're part of this chosenness, if we've accepted, and again, I believe that God's inviting everyone to be a part of it. But when we accept it, it's this idea, okay, I am an ambassador and I represent the principles of the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus came proclaiming. And that's kind of a weird phrase, the kingdom of God. If you're like new to faith, trying to figure out, I was like, what is that all about? But the kingdom of God is three things, righteousness, peace, and joy, right? In the spirit of God, righteousness, meaning treating one another with justice rightly in our behavior, right? Uh, Peace, wholeness, fullness, and joy. Mm -hmm. Just the ability to have peace in the difficult times, to experience that emotion of happiness when all signs say you shouldn't be able to experience that, right? Mm -hmm. Such a good thing. So all God's people all the time are sent people. Now, here's what I think is interesting. We see different ways in which people are sent, right? So sometimes uh, God's people go by choice, right? They make this decision. And a great example of this is the prophet Isaiah. He has this wonderful commissioning story in, his, in Isaiah 6 in the Old Testament. And he says, then I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send as a messenger to his people who will go for us? I said, here I am, send me. Like this willing heart, it's a choice to go. And we make choices every day as ambassadors, where to go, right? We go to work, we go to school. Well, we don't, we're not going to work, all of us these days, right? We're shut <laughs> we're down. Going or, we're going to work differently, <laughs> yeah, right? Differently. In our normal lives, right? We go to work, we go to the There's grocery our store. Our coworkers that are throwing our coworkers, food. our coworkers, right? <laughs> coworkers Absolutely. That leave their cups everywhere. Yeah. So we make these choices and it's not just the choice to go into like full-time vocational ministry. It's the choice to go to the supermarket. It's the choice to be that ambassador, to live it out. And we want to recognize that. That's part of living into the scattered church mentality is to know, okay, I've made this choice. So some people, we make a choice. We say, I really feel like it. I'm gonna go there and I'm gonna represent God. Sometimes in scripture, we see a very fascinating thing that happens is that some people, sometimes God's people go by circumstance, right? There's a circumstance and we're all in a circumstance. It's kind of forcing us to live into this, right? Probably one of the most kind of clear examples of this was when the persecution started to face those first 
followers of Jesus in the book of Acts. It it says in Acts chapter 8 that Saul was one of the witnesses and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. If you're not familiar with this story, Stephen was the first martyr uh, who stood up to a mob that didn't appreciate what they were saying about Jesus, that he was the chosen one, the Messiah, and they thought it was blasphemy and their law allowed them to execute Stephen and that's what they did. And this guy Saul was there watching and then it says a great wave of persecution began that day and it was sweeping over the church in Jerusalem and all the believers except the apostles were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. I love that. They were scattered. It was the persecution. It says, but there were some devout men that stayed there and they buried Stephen with great mourning. But Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. I love the use of the word church here right? The church scattered. He was trying to just, he wasn't, he didn't have a hammer. He wasn't trying to like take down a building, right? I mean, he was like, no, going after the people, men and women throwing them in prison. But here's the kicker. This is what's so amazing. But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went, wherever they went. I love it. They preached the good news. Now, I don't think that they all stood up and gave three point sermons that all started with the letter T, right? You know, but they came, and, and again, we know this from earlier in Acts, it was about the goodness of God. The, the good news of Jesus was that the kingdom of God was here, that justice and righteousness was breaking into our world and you could live in it. And so if we think about these three things, right, that the people of God are sent, some people, are, some people go because they choose, some people go because of circumstances. I think the point for us in our circumstance and the things that we're dealing with right now is that the scattered church, the scattered ones, are those who choose to be ambassadors of the kingdom of God in their everyday normal lives. Mm-hmm. And granted, we're walking into a new normal here, <laughs> yeah. but we still have to make this choice. Will I be an ambassador for the kingdom of God? Will I choose to stay connected with my local church family in a different way? Will I choose to continue to uh, be generous with my time, talent, and treasure in the ways that are safe, right? But will, in this new normal, will I make this choice to be an ambassador? And I think by tuning in, by watching it on demand, I think that's all of our hearts is to say, yes, I, I want to be that. I want to live with that. I want to live into that reality. And there, there's one kind of thing I just want to make sure to press, press into is that we are not the scattered church just because we're not in this building, So sometimes it's easy for us to go, well, I'm not in the building, I'm the scattered church, but it's nuanced, right? Whenever you're not with the gathered church, you are the scattered church, right? So right now, if you're with your family in a family gathering, watching the family cast, you're, you're the gathered church. Like this is what we do for one another. We do this in a corporate sense. I mean, we have this resource, we have these lights, we've got the, the equipment because of our generosity. I mean, I was just thinking about that. Could you imagine like if we didn't have people who were as generous as they were in our church, we wouldn't have these resources That's to true. be able to continue to equip one another to go do the good works in our scattered lives. And so whenever we're not gathered in whatever form, whether it's family gatherings, whether it's here in a celebration, a worship service, whether it's our Thursday night kind of table talk kind of format, that's the scattered church, right? Now, I have monopoly. That's the gathered church. But when we go outside of it, that's scattered, right? right? Good. Okay. So everybody got a heartbeat. 
Everybody got a heartbeat? Yeah. Beats twice, right? There's two rhythms to yes. the heartbeat, like the glub and dumb or something. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> but it's, it's glub, glub, dum, glub, glub, right? Dum, dum. There's two, right? There's in, when you're watching a heart rate monitor, there's two, there's two rhythms to it. And, and what I want to encourage us is to get into these principles of the scattered church, regardless of what season we're in, right? This is a weird season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a scary season. Mm-hmm. Like this is tumultuous. We, we are actually, we're just living in a space where we don't really know what the next week looks like. Well, we guess we know what the next week looks like, but we don't know what the next two months looks like, three right. months. We were on a call with faith leaders with our governor today and just living into the reality that we're here for weeks, maybe months in this new way of living in, in, in a healthy way. And that's, that's okay, but it's different. It's yeah. new, but if we could get the heartbeat, it won't matter. It won't matter if we gather in this building. It won't matter if we have to do live. It won't matter if we can't do live or if we have to do pre-recorded. If it's me on a Facebook thing or you on a Facebook thing and whatever that looks like, if we get this into our hearts, the church of Jesus will be strong and will be effective. So the first part of the heartbeat of the scattered church is this, be inquisitive. That's the first beat. So the first beat is the question, what are you inviting me into? Mm. What are you inviting me into today, God? We ask this question every Sunday and Thursday in our gathered experiences at the Taft Avenue location. I love that we started calling it the Taft Avenue building. Yes. This this isn't the church. This is just a, this is a Taft Avenue site is all it is, right? There's a black brush site that I'm going to be filming at on Monday mornings, right? I mean, there's, we all (laughs) have these sites, right? Right. So this is just a collective site. And so here at Taft Avenue, right? So we ask that question, but we've got to start asking that question every day of our lives. Yeah. What are you inviting me into, especially in the moments where we suffer? I, I heard this definition of suffering. Uh, I'm not sure who said it, uh, but they said suffering is just when you don't get your way. <laughs> suffering is when you don't get your way. And sometimes that can be extreme and sometimes it can be simple, but it's that feeling of I can't have what I want. It's such a great opportunity to say, okay, what is God inviting me into when I'm not getting my way? So here's mm-hmm. the question for us. like. Mm-hmm. What has God been inviting you into in all of this? <laughs> right? As dad, as mom, as wife, as husband, as neighbor, have you sensed? Have you sensed as you're kind of tuning in, has God given you opportunities, invited you into something new or different that took a little bit of courage maybe? And you just kind of heard a whisper, uh, this nudging, this prompting. So I don't know. What do you think? Have you felt anything, any sense of that? Yeah, I, I think I have. I um, well, also, there's probably a lot of coworker suffering going on at my house right now. You know? <laughs> yeah. Kids not getting their way uh, all the time. But uh, I think, like, for us, typically, in our what was our normal operating status was that breakfast time was just chaos. Like, we had one kid going to school early, one just waking up, and the other one is slowly getting out of bed. You know, like, <laughs> it's, you know, there's just a, a little bit of different rhythm to breakfast because it's like get down get some food and get dressed get out the door for school or whatever activity is before school and um but this week uh with that not being there and and with me being forced to be home as well working from home there uh i've had lots of opportunities like this one like this morning of being able to sit at my my table with my kids and eating my my um my, my yogurt and granola. And then sitting right next to me is my four-year-old son, Austin, with his granola and yogurt. And, and in that, that moment, just having that opportunity to, um, 
to share life. What's, so what is God inviting me into is, is having shared experiences that, that mm. I don't normally get to have with my kids or uh, being able yesterday when the weather was nice before it started to turn uh, in the afternoon, but to, to go outside and, and walk mm-hmm. around the park with my daughter mm. and just talk about life and kick a soccer ball and you know, those types of things. I, I think I've bragged this week a little bit that I've got to play pig with my two daughters and my neighbor's driveway, you yes. know, um, and that's a, a basketball game if you don't know what pig is. But, <laughs> uh, th- but I don't, like, when I, when you're, when you're in the hustle and bustle of normal everyday life, I, don't, I haven't had those opportunities to sit and enjoy breakfast with my family or mm. go for a walk and relax or, or play pig with my daughters. Oh, that's so. good. That's good. I, well, I love going grocery shopping, but it's, (laughs) I do. I love to go to the store and I always make friends throughout the store, whether it's like helping people find things or in the registers. Um, But I, I love to talk to people that are working in grocery stores and look at their name tag, use them by Mm. name. And this week, whenever I've run in, I have thanked like a Costco worker that's sanitizing Mm. carts for us and say, Paul, you do such a good job. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for going the extra mile. Um, Had a good talk with a lady at King Supers. Just a moment to try to, you know, just try to speak kindly in life into them in a very stressful time. That's good. Those are such good practical, like God's just inviting me into the moment, to the now. What I, that's what I, kind of what I hear is God's inviting me to be present. Right. Yeah, and I think when you use somebody's name, it gives them yeah. value. Oh, mm. absolutely. Too. So the second part of the heartbeat, right? The, right, the, the up, like you can't mm-hmm. just, if you only had one, if your heartbeat went, that's not good, right? <laughs> but it goes. Yeah. Right, so that second beat is be willing. Right, so the first beat is the be inquisitive. Ask, God, what are you inviting me into today? We wanna get that on our hearts, on our lips, in our minds. And then we have to be willing. And we have to say, I want an adventure in saying yes. Okay, I'm gonna use their name. Like how many people do that? I'm gonna use their name. Yeah. So that simple adventure, I'm gonna go on an adventure of slowing down, right? But I'm gonna say yes. There's a great book out there called Adventures in Saying Yes, written by a guy named Carl Madeiras. It's just, and his, his stories are just way outside of like, if I didn't know Carl, I thought they were lies, you know, it's just, they're <laughs> ridiculous. They're so amazing. But for us in our everyday normal lives, like just to say yes to those little promptings of kindness and generosity um, that just require us to be present and be willing, right? And so here's the, here's the challenge for us then in this season is to lean into it and go on what I would call a scattered church adventure, Right, and so here's what I want to challenge all of us to, to, to commit to in this season is to lean hard into the scattered church adventures, right? Those things that are not prompted necessarily by our gathered church leadership saying, hey, what about this? Or give this a try or volunteer, but just having eyes to see and ears to hear what God is doing around you and say yes. And so here's some 
here's like three or four or five simple things that we could put into our lives. And I'm very happy for you all to jump in, give some thoughts. If you have other things, yeah. if you're online watching, this is mm-hmm. a great time, like jump in. What are some of those practical ways that we could all live into an adventure as the scattered church? So for example, prayer walk in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean a weird prayer walk where you're taking your Crisco oil and anointing mailboxes <laughs> and stuff like that, you know, or your hand sanitizer. Don't do that <laughs> stuff, right? Don't Keep your Crisco. social distancing principles in play. But to just, as, just as go outside, walk your neighborhood and listen, right? I mean, so much of prayer is being transformed by the presence of God and, and saying, God is inviting me into his presence as I go through on this walk. And, and to be mindful of what's around you. If you see bikes in the driveway, know that there are kids there. Just pray for those kids, right? If you see a car that, you know, maybe is a, in really good condition, but old, that might be a person in their 80s. You know, they've got a car. They've had it for 15 years. It looks like it's been driven about 15 miles, you know, and you're like, man, that's a nice vehicle. There's a chance that that might be an older uh, member of your community who's at risk, right? You might not know your neighbors. You know, maybe they'll be out. Ask their names and then pray for them as you walk past them six feet apart, right? <laughs> you're always set for keeping those, uh, yeah. those rules, but that helps us engage. Um, we can offer assistance to at-risk neighbors, right? Yeah. Are there, are, you guys have great neighborhood connectivity, right? Actual physical neighbors, Jess, like how do you all do that in your neighborhood? Well, we, we started a Facebook group for our street that then grew to people that lived on surrounding streets. So we turned it into the neighborhood um, Facebook group, one of our, our portion of the neighborhood. So that's more, it grew to 250 or something mm. is, uh, or on, in that group. So we just restarted another one that's just our street. And I was even thinking about just the people that I don't, that I know we're not connected on Facebook yet. Mm-hmm. Now would be a really good time to just put that on our mailboxes. Yeah. Put my own Facebook URL on there so they can find me. Mm-hmm. I could get them on to... Um, our Facebook street page because that's a good place where we could be real specific about if you run out of something. Yeah. A lot of us just text like, my sugar is your sugar. What do you need? You know? You're talking about actual sugar, not spouses. Oh. (laughs) Right. Right. Okay, I just want to be sure. That's a weird neighborhood. (laughs) Like, I need need baking soda. Oh, okay. I got it. Baking soda. Thanks my for, baking soda is your baking. I just I heard baking. you call Mike sugar before, and so I was like, whoa, that is, that's a weird <laughs> no, neighborhood vibe no. going on. <laughs> but so, like, we're very connected by texting, but I want to be sure right now yeah. that we've got other people down our street connecting, yeah. too. That's good. And, Isaac, your your neighborhood's different. Like, you don't yeah. have kind of a Facebook thing, but you just kind of have this vibe of, like, go out and do it. Get her done. We you know? do. Yeah, it's kind of fun. The neighborhood is actually pretty close, and... I mean, I mean, as far as relationships are concerned, and uh, and, and when we moved into that neighborhood uh, six years ago, it was unbelievable to feel like, oh, this these people actually care about mm. me, and um, and we we do things for each other. Like tonight, because it is snowing here in northern Colorado, pretty good. I, I'm sure I'm going to go home and shovel three or four driveways and sidewalks if if they're not already done. Mine already probably might be done by then, and. Uh, that type of thing where people just look out for each other and mm. uh, we walk the neighborhood together, we talk. We usually have a, a neighborhood party, which 
would be postponed for a little while (laughs) right now, but um, just caring for one another and and kids going out and watching out. I, you know, so we, we have that mindset already to keep an eye out Mm -hmm. for people. Uh, And and I think we could do a little bit better about making sure those needs are available, asking, Hey, I'm going to go to the store. Uh, Maybe I could pick something up if anybody needs it or, or, or whatever. I think those are incredible tools to, to be able to use in a neighborhood. So good. I would also say that it helps if you've spent time getting to know each other before a disaster happens, Mm -hmm. it helps. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, because now you, you know, the people as we're connected, we're able to help each other even more. And that's kind of the heart. We just moved here and we moved right as the weather was turning. And so people were like moving indoors. We never really met our neighbors, but we got into like a neighborhood Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And so I just said, well, this is my, I only know my neighbors from that. Like we, when we first got her, introduced ourselves to the neighborhood, but something cool happened the other day. I just put on there, hey, I have to stop at the store on my way home from work. Does anybody need me to look for anything? And somebody posted, oh, our family's looking for this special milk that we need. And, and I, I, that was like in the middle of the afternoon. Somebody else jumped on and said, oh, I just saw that at the Fort Collins King Supers. And then a minute later, somebody else said, I'm over in you know, this place in Fort Collins and I got it. And so I didn't actually do anything, right? I mean, I, did, I just simply put out there in that group, hey, what do you need? And then other neighbors kind of jumped in. And so I think those are like really easy, practical ways to humanize our neighbors, mm-hmm. to humanize the people that were fighting in the store for toilet paper, right? Like whatever it might be, like we're in this together, right? There's the social solidarity standpoint mm-hmm. of it. Um, another thing that we can do is, this is really pretty simple. It's just, we have to remind ourselves is connect digitally with three people every day, three different people every day. Just go through your network list and say, hey, just reach out. How are you doing? Reach out. Do you have everything you need? Uh, I did this with people that are in different parts of the country, like just people that I haven't talked to that I usually talk to like maybe once every two months, they're friends, you know. Um, I just just said, I'm going to just try and do this every day, two, three people. How are you doing as best as I can? Super easy. Another great thing to do, like this is a little bit deeper uh, in terms of like relationship and commitment, but we have time, like explore spiritual content online with friends. Mm -hmm. So leverage your social network and say, hey, I'm gonna Mm -hmm. watch this set of videos, like the Alpha Course, which is for people that are exploring faith. Everything's right there online. There's great resources. There's a, Peter Enns has a wonderful kind of YouTube channel and podcast called uh, The Bible for Normal People (laughs) um, that you could say, hey, I'm just gonna watch this. And anybody that wants to talk about it with me, we'll do like a group meetup or something like that. I don't know if you guys, have online content that you would maybe want to recommend to people and yeah. uh, like what are you guys well the first thing when you when you mentioned that I think about the the Bible app on your phone mm-hmm. by you version yep. where you can invite somebody to do a reading track with you uh, for a certain amount of time like even a short one and then discuss it um, you can there's parts on there where you can just comment directly through the app or you could call that person the next day or do a video chat through Google chats or one other thing like that. I, and, I, and then I have a friend that's also, he's a pastor in Fort Collins as well. And, and we, we started reading Things Hidden by Richard Rohr oh, yeah. together. And we're discussing that. Uh, and we were doing it in person and now we're going to have to switch that venue to, to do it online. But I think yeah. that's another way to do it. We're doing a, basically a book study where we'll read a chapter every couple of days and then call each other and just say, hey, how are you, how are you doing wrestling with these thoughts yeah. or ideas? And, and, and you, so you, you'll do some 
some general connection stuff, but then you get into some meat that, that maybe makes you think differently or encourages your soul in a different way. So I, I, I'm pretty excited about that, yeah. those two venues. Yeah, that's good. My friends and I have enjoyed Typology, a podcast. But Not if you, Scientology, Typology. Typology. Okay. typology. <laughs> um, it's Ian, let me see here, Ian Morgan Cron. And it's a journey into self-discovery, mm. figuring out what motivates you, why, am I, why do I behave the way I behave. Mm. And my friends and I have really enjoyed like taking the Enneagram test to discover what, what not of the nine numbers you are. Yeah. Um, and that's a good read. Like the Enneagram is great because it really is, it's kind of disconnected from like spiritual faith. Like anybody can take that, right? It doesn't, and it's good. It's fun to talk Anybody about. Anybody can take it. Yeah. yeah. And then we learned about each other's numbers, listened to podcasts, tons of stuff to talk about. Yeah. That's good. So those are great. We'll actually, we're actually working on a page on our website uh, for the scattered church mm-hmm. with ideas and resources. And we'll list some of those and put the links up here over the next couple oh, of days. Yeah. They'll be ready to rock and roll. And then kind of the last idea I want to share is what, what you got? Uh, Richard Rohr's Daily Devotion. Yeah, that's a great place. Yeah. Richard Rohr is, uh, you'll hear me talk about, a lot of our folks around here will talk about <laughs> Richard Rohr, mm-hmm. Franciscan, uh, who just really puts some very thoughtful, thoughtful things together. He has a daily. Like, yeah, that's a great thing to say, hey, get this in your mailbox and let's talk for 10, 15 minutes about it. It's, it's really thought-provoking and good. Let me say one more thing too. Um, a number of people are either shoveling neighbors' driveways or like John, hi John, was shoveling snow and a neighbor came out with salt. Mm. So anyway, I think when we're in this social distance time, people still want the connection. Yeah, They're longing to say hi. Yeah. Um, and when we're out front, we can keep that distance. And we have an opportunity as it snows on the next day to be helpful, to be able to say mm. hello to each other. Um, but to also get out, totally. get some fresh air. Absolutely. And kind of the last one here is kind of the intersection of gathered and scattered, right? It's how it could all work together. And that is to participate in the weekly while you're out scattered church adventure. And so that's what uh, the gathered church, we're kind of working on to help us. And so our peacemaking partners, we've heard from them needs. So our community kitchen that we partner with, mm-hmm. we heard the needs that they have. We have another partner that's working with us who they are collecting diapers. They do diapers and wipes for families that need them. And so we're going to have one item every week while this is is going on to just encourage us while we're out. If you have to go out, look for it. And so if you want to participate in that weekly adventure, check the box on your connect, your digital connect card. That'll get you into a group. You'll get an email every week that says, hey, this is what the item is. If you grab it, you can drop it off at their location or you could drop it off at the Taft Avenue uh, Mm -hmm. building from 10 to 3. Uh, But it's just about our everyday normal lives. One item focused on it. And if we all kind of just... In, in, in the in that kind of craziness that it is, kind of jump in. And so that's kind of what we're living into. And this is so important. This idea of the scattered church is so important because here's the thing. The gathered church has lost in many communities and in many people's minds, and mm-hmm. it continues to lose in a, in a lot of communities. It's headed this direction, credibility. Mm-hmm. The reality is a lot of folks drive by churches and they go, those are the people that hate me because I'm gay. Mm-hmm. 
Those are the people that hate me because I'm divorced. Those are the people that, that hate me because of the color of my skin. Those are the people that hate me because I don't have money. Yeah. Those are the people that uh, abuse kids. Those are the people that cheat one another. That, that we've lost credibility as a gathered church, but here's the deal. Once the scattered church lives into this, brings hope, is our, our points of hope, like where's their stickers? Hope is here, lives into that, uh, loves as Jesus loved, embraces and includes as Jesus included. All of a sudden we bring credibility to the gospel, right? That the kingdom of God is present in us, in our world. And we bring credibility to the gathered church. Like people will be attracted to that church that has produced a follower of Jesus that is compassionate, kind, honest, filled with integrity and those things. And present in their life. And present. Not afraid to be walking through life together and not startled or bothered. Yeah. Yeah. Not always rushed. No. And that doesn't see their highest order of, I just got to get you to church, right? I mean, that's wonderful if a person finds that expression and can be a part of the gathered church experience, but to experience the power of the church, boy, that, that's really great. I, I heard someone say one time that a real Christian is a person, any person that's met another real Christian. <laughs> that like, that's just how it works. You can't meet an authentic follower of Jesus and not become one yourself. Uh, you might not go to church, but you can't, you, it's just, you can't not be transformed by that compassion, love, sacrifice, generosity, right? So just want to take a few moments to breathe a little bit as we close out our family cast for Thursday night. Um, what is God inviting you into? Um, this is a great opportunity for that digital connect card, some next steps there on your talk notes. If you downloaded those from the resource page or participate in the while you're, while you're out scattered church adventure, uh, prayer walk my neighborhood this week. And then, you know, one next step is, uh, is signing up and, and automating our giving to make sure that the gathered church continues to be fully resourced and funded in this time. Many of us, we were dependent upon being in this building to bring our offering, uh, to give, to be generous. And I, I know that our heart is to continue to do that and mm-hmm. to be generous. And so we want to encourage that. And if that's your next step, then just check that box on the connect card and we'll get you help doing that if you need it, or you can go right to the website to give, right? So don't forget every week, fill out that connect card, uh, no matter what. If there's a week you can't tune in live or you don't watch it, still fill out that connect card. I, I wanna hear from you. If you have a prayer request, I wanna know it. The prayer request goes to our team and we pray about those. Don't forget to unleash generosity. This is the season that we don't, uh, we don't go reserve back in our giving because there's so many needs that are uh, emerging. That connect card is a way to turn in your prayer request. Want to make sure you don't forget that about that. And then finally know that just like when we're live in this space, we have care ministers who pray that we have care ministers available uh, for phone appointments and video appointments. If you're just in a space where you definitely feel like, I just want to talk with somebody. I want somebody to pray with me. Our care ministers are available and you can find that information on the website. And so as you're filling out that digital connect card, as you're giving your offering, setting up your automated giving, your regular giving, we have a great song to finish out our time together. That's a response to this in 
invitation to be the scattered church. And this song just says, I will go. So let me pray for you. Enjoy this song and uh, we'll see you again soon. And hopefully we'll keep hearing from you. Stay connected via Facebook and all the other mechanisms in place. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for the technology again that, that gathers us. Thank you that you call us. Uh, for something. Help us to be a mature religious space that releases people for good work. And so Lord, help us as individuals to be responsive to that. Help us to live into principles of the scattered church, to have a heart that asks every day, God, what are you inviting me into? To be willing to follow through, to say yes. Help us to be generous, to support the gathered church that equips us, Father, and that does good work as a corporate witness. Uh, Thank you for the opportunities you're presenting to us. And now Lord, commission every one of us into our everyday normal lives. Call us into uh, schools and neighborhoods, places of business, that we might be your ambassadors and may our response be, yes, Lord, I will go. Amen. Enjoy this song. Sure.
Thanks so much for joining us live. I hope that your family gathering was encouraging and that you feel equipped for the week ahead. Don't forget to fill out that digital connect card and to give your offering online through text or through the offering envelope in the mail. Hope demands generosity. Also, how can our staff team support you better during this season? What would you like to see during the next Framley Cast? Your comments help our team create meaningful content to help you be that orange dot of hope. Also, don't forget to follow the best practices from the CDC during this time. Remember, the best way to love God with all your heart is to love your neighbor. So don't forget, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it's not self-seeking or easily angered, and keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. <laughs>